Hey, guys. Tinsley, I love seeing you sit here. Is this all the kids that are coming down front? Where are the rest of the kids at? Where y'all at? What's going on? Oscar, what are you doing? You're sitting there like you're 24 years old. Get up here. (laughs) There is nothing on this earth that I hated more as a kid than homework. If you like homework in here, and don't lie, if you like it, raise your hand. You like homework. I'm talking about go home in your room. You can't play outside and you're going to study for four or five hours. You like that. Something's wrong, y'all. My son, Jack Norris, on the way to Athens, Georgia, this past two days ago, he said, Dad, can you help me with my homework? And I said, sure. And he he said, "Um, and some of you parents know where we're going. I don't know how I graduated because he, he listed seven different things adjectives, prepositions, dangling participles, things like that, which I think is a very awkward term, first of all. And he asked some questions, and I'm 50 years old, and I could not answer them. Do any parents understand me in here? The way that people are doing math now. And so I got to think about things that frustrate me with kids' academics. So I want to get some things off my heart this morning. I have no idea who invented how to spell English words, but I've got a bone to pick with whoever it was. Do we have anyone in this room that your name is Felix? Do we have a Felix in here? How do you spell Felix? Say it all out. F-E-L-I-X. Yeah. When I was a kid, my friend had pneumonia. And I saw where when they had pneumonia, they had some medicine they had to take. His name was Josh, and he had had some medicine on the bottle for pneumonia. And I saw how it was spelled, and I figured, well, God bless the pharmacist. They they misspelled it. (laughs) Jaylen, can you put the spelling of pneumonia up here? Now, I want you to look at that. It's hard enough being a kid. Let me tell you something. Y'all got to brush your teeth. You got to go to bed. You got a lot of stress in your lives. But as though it's not enough, that bothers me. Somebody, probably from England, knowing how they are, back in 1600 said, you know what we ought to do? Add a P to pneumonia. You understand the hardest language in the world to learn is English. There's a thousand rules and 2,000 exceptions to all those rules. That makes no sense. Everybody make the sound of a P, kids. Make it. Puh. Puh. Now say that word. There ain't no puh. What you said. Look at this next one. This one, this one bothers me. Jaylen, go to that next slide. All right, so that's spelled correctly. Now go to the next one. Now look at that. Does that bother anyone else? It, it should read like it's on the bottom. But you add a P to stuff and it makes it complicated. Look at this next word. This next word. I mean, look at that. It should be spelled F-E-N-I-X. 
does anyone get tripped up in here when you're learning how to spell and some adult from 400 years ago slipped a P in there when there should not be a P in there? I have, I have a friend of mine, Armando, come on up here. Now, I, I, there's a lady who used to go to our church. She prophesied. She said, I see like the father bringing like 500 Hispanics. Back then it was called Bridgeway Church. And I said, wow, that'd be cool. Well, over the past few years, the more time I spend with Armando, the more I realize that some Hispanics have a very difficult time with saying certain words. And I've heard you, you've been yes. very frustrated with it. Yeah. You will say all the time, this makes no sense. Yeah. You call it Spanglish. It's Spanglish, yes. Why are you frustrated with what we've done to our language? What is it? it because it's not simple. It's complicated. And, you know... I was an ESOL for like four years of my life. and You were in what? An ESOL. I got kicked out um, from ESOL because I did not want to have to do spelling. Um, yeah, but yeah, for like for me, I can't say a couple states like my, my Massachusetts. I can't say my Massachusetts. I, who, in here, who in here can spell Massachusetts? Say it again. Massachusetts. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do f focus, fo focus. Ethan, can you spell Massachusetts? No. See, exactly. Who would name a part of the country that? Just name it Mass, M-A-S-S. -S. Mass. I looked up, actually Miriam did. These are words that certain Hispanic people, one of them's you, have a almost impossible time saying. Well, it's also uh, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving. It's Say it again. Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And my kids have different names. In, in Spanish, like uh, uh, Ethan is actually Ethan in my house. He's, he's Ethan. Allison is actually Alison in my house. And then Sophie, which her name is not Sophia. I call her Sophia at the house, and her name is Sophie. I yeah. would get you to say the word beaches, but I would get no, fired. If I, I can't do it. Don't ask me to say that. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. I took Wendy to the beach. Pretty simple. And he goes, hey, you taking Wendy to? And I said, What? To the, you know, like Hilton Head, and I, huh? <laughs> All right, I'm going to go over some words that um, are difficult for not just you, but other people to say. Uh, you want to just go through them? <laughs> you want to go through these? How do you say, how do you say school? I say, I say school. You can say that one? I've heard people How say school. How do you say, hey, go over there, the thing that floats down the river, get on the, or the ocean. Ship. <laughs> cheap. Cheap. Cheap? Cheap, yeah. You say sheep. I say cheap. Like, bah. Yeah, that, yes, I do. 100% cheap. Uh, joke. I, I say joke, yeah. You can say joke. Joke, joke is good. Teeth. Yeah, I, say, I could say teeth, yeah. Focus. No. <laughs> focus. I say focus. You can't say it. I say focus. Oh, yeah. That's focus. Eyes. Focus. I could say ice, yeah. I'm well, what are some words that you can't say? Massachusetts. I can't. Oh, I did it. No. That, man, I was so close. I can't say it. Can you say Mitsubishi? Mitsubishi. Yeah, it's a little different. How do you say ranch? Ranch. My wife, when my wife says ranch, because she's from South Georgia, she goes, ranch. Ranch. I'm sure Brian knows more words that I can't say than I do. Can we give Armando a hand this morning? All right, this is probably going to be the best sermon you've heard in at least a week, all right? 
Uh, let's play popcorn here. What is your favorite cola? What do you really like? Coke. Who's seven up? Seven up? Pepsi? Jake, what do you drink? Kool-Aid? Jake just had a panic attack. He's like, you just called my name. What do you drink? Water. There's always one in every group. What do you drink? It's called Arnold Palmer. Sweet tea and lemonade. What do you really like? Young lady, what's your name? What do you like to drink? Sweet tea. Do you know my wife's from a place in the South? People think Greenville's the South. It's really not. South is South Georgia. And the first time I went to my wife's house, her mama made me sweet tea. And you could put it on a pancake. There was that much sugar in it. I'm serious. My wife swears that her mom put sweet tea in her bottle. I grew up in the South. And when I dated my wife before we got married, I could not drink my mother-in-law's sweet tea. But man, it's so good. Did, have you guys ever had sweet tea in England? Ever? Not one time. I was in Chicago recently and I said, I'll have a half and half sweet, unsweet. And the person looked at me like I was, they were like, what? I said, you know, half and half. <laughs> You're you going to have unsweet tea. Have you ever asked the question, what is it that God likes the most about a person? I like a lot of things. I like my family. I like this church. I like the Georgia Bulldogs. I like Mexican food. I like cool weather. I don't like really, really hot weather. I hate humidity. I really like fall weather. You guys like fall weather? If you ever ask yourself, what is it that God likes? I mean, think about it. A lot of people, look at me. A lot of people, you don't realize God's a person. He has feelings and emotions. What is it that he likes about a person? All right, let's read this together. You ready? So Jalen's going to put it up there. This is Isaiah chapter 66. I was having a conversation with Mr. Michael Thornton. He said that God showed him something in this passage. And it really hit me because I really want to know, what does God like? Look at this. Y'all want to try to read it together? Let's try to read it together really slow. You ready? This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. All right, repeat after me. Humble. Contrite, Contrite. tremble at my word. Let's say it one more time. There's three things God really likes about a person. Humble, contrite, tremble at my word. So here's the question. What are those three things? Tinsley, you're a kid at heart. Let's give Tinsley the microphone. Let's talk it out. We're on a roll here. Let's don't mess this up, Tinsley. All right, we're having a good service here. Tinsley is a Garden College student, and he's a cross-country runner. It was last two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit, I went across, I just felt led to go away home that I normally don't go, and I saw Tinsley 
running over in Malden. He's, something's kind of wrong with him. He runs everywhere. He's always running. He's a really good runner, and he really loves Jesus. Let's talk it out with these kids. Tinsley, what is your definition of humility? Humble. What is your definition of being contrite? And what does it mean to tremble at God's word? Think like a kid. What are these three things? Okay, that's a great question. Humble, the, way I, the first thing that comes to mind, the way to explain it, is you think of others before yourself. You're selfless. And um, for contrite, that's a hard word. I, can, I know for some of you guys. The way I think of it is like you're, you're not afraid to be broken and weak before God. Mm-hmm. And then trembling at his word, it's like when you, when, if it's like imagining if Jesus was right here and he was talking to you, you would take it really seriously because you value his words. And so you would listen and uh, want to hear what he has to say. So like on that last one, Matthew, it's really honoring the Lord when he speaks. I think these three things apply to us, to other people too. What does it mean to, when, when the Lord is speaking or our leaders are speaking, what does it mean to honor that person's word? What does that look like? First thing I think of is that the passage where it says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Like you're really taking it to heart and you're not looking for an opportunity to speak yourself, but really uh, treasuring what's being said. So let me close with this, kids. You ready? It's a lot easier for a kid to be humble many times than it is for adults. Because the older we get, we kind of have to be reminded of the basic things that matter the most. How many of you have ever gone five days without drinking any liquids? You just naturally want to drink something because what happens if we don't drink water? You could even die, you can get dehydrated, and you get sick. There's simple things that we do every day. Do y'all sleep every night? Do you have a bed at home? Do you brush your teeth? What if we looked at these three things, or these are just three things we're going to do the rest of our lives. Repeat after me. Be humble. Be, humble. Be, contrite. Be contrite. Tremble at the Lord's word. I'll close with this. This morning, I looked up on Blue Letter Bible. If you guys don't know this app, it's amazing. It's free. Or website. BlueLetterBible.org. Because I wasn't really sure the clinical definition of contrite. And it's what you said. I kind of had an idea. But basically, it shows up in other places of the Bible with people who are lame And it means to have such a broken, it's a lot like humility, such a broken heart before the Lord that you really stay in a place of desperation. You know what I think one of the worst things in the world is? Pride. It's the opposite of humility and the opposite of being contrite. What if you brushed your teeth every morning and instead of using toothpaste, you use four-week-old sour cream that sat out in the sun? That got your attention. You just woke up. You'd go to school and get kicked out of school. You would never do something like that. What if we, have you ever had sour milk? Have you ever put milk in cereal and you didn't know that the expiration date, you know, God puts that expiration date on that milk, but so parents won't buy it if it's past that date. Do you know how disgusting sour milk is? Look at me. That's what pride is like to the father. He hates it. People think, well, God doesn't really hate anything. Yes, he does. He hates pride. So let's close with this. Repeat after me. I will be humble, contrite, and tremble at his word.